this is a long haul, right? I mean, this is, if you're a runner, this is a marathon. This isn't a sprint. And if you are a, a marathoner or a runner, you know that you have to kind of really rely on grit and resilience and strength. And I think that's really where we are. And paying attention to um, credible sources of information is probably more important now than ever. Um, taking everything else out of it and really looking to get to sources of really credible information. We are looking forward our way from Studio C in the 511 Studios. This is Brett, and with me as always is Carol. Welcome, Carol. How are you today, Brett? Doing good. We're walking into part number two of this episode. Absolutely. So our guests are back. Kelly Fuller, who is the Director of Workforce Development for the Columbus Chamber, and John Hambrick, who is the Work-Based Learning Coordinator at the Educational Service Center of Central Ohio. So let's just get started on part two. Okay, so let's take a new direction here in our conversation. We've, we've done a lot of talk about the industry and the market, but let's think about the huge issue that Central Ohio has had for a long time, and that is, do, do our job seekers have the skills that are needed in the workplace, and how do employers find those skilled workers? So let's talk about the, some of the resources that you're working with or know of that are available to local employers to either help them find skilled workers or to take care of the workers they have now. For sure. So there, are, um, we're, again, very blessed in this market to have several providers in that space. And in some of the uh, groups that I work with, um, like Jewish Family Services, Jewish Family Services has a lot of different programming available to job seekers, and then they create that bridge, that match to the employer. And then they get to know both the employer and the job seeker so that they can understand what both need. And then they're able to help um, job seekers with resume building, interviewing skills. I mean, let's face it, that's all changed significantly, right? right? And it was even, I mean, it had changed in the last 10 years and then it kind of went into hyper, you know, hyper mode in the last six, seven months. So if we look at organizations like Jewish Family Services or CRIS, Community Refugee and Immigration Services, that work with our new American population and our our refugee and immigrant Mm -hmm. population, Columbus has close to 160,000 refugees and immigrants. That's a large number. Um, So this organization, Jewish Family, also has um, a a whole section that works with a refugee and immigrant population as well. Our friends um, at Ohio Means Jobs at 1111 East Broad Street here in Columbus serving the Franklin County market. But we have Ohio Means Jobs offices all around the state in the different counties. So if someone is listening from Union County or Pickaway County, um, you know, you have offices there, too, that can help you if you're a dislocated worker. Mm-hmm. And businesses are accustomed to going into those spaces to help find help find workers. Um, we really, uh, at the Chamber, and I'm super excited that my friend John is here today because we focus a lot on emerging workforce. So John alluded to a little earlier um, work-based learning and connecting students to opportunities. Um, the goal is to get young people interested in careers very early on and then to match them with businesses. So our, our local K through 12 and college university, wherever you're listening, there, there's going to be an opportunity for businesses to connect there as well. That's right. And, one, and thanks for sharing that. And, and those partnerships continue to uh, evolve and, and become um, um, enriched with the passion people have to, to make that connection with workforce. Um, I'll share a little uh, tidbit here that um, many listeners may not know, but our local Ohio Means Jobs Job Center is really a um, a collaborative job mm-hmm. center 
where right. we have three of our workforce pillars coming together to provide the services inside of that job center. Uh, and that's our partners at Jewish Family Services, uh, Goodwill Columbus, and Columbus Urban League. Right. So when, when a, a job seeker or business goes into work with the Ohio Means Jobs team, there is a depth and a broad depth of resources available mm-hmm. to them that you know they don't see that on the topic uh, you know on, on, on the topic there on the surface they see Ohio means jobs Columbus Franklin County which is great because that's all they need to see um, but they'll just to know that there's they are these deep resources and I'm also going to suggest to employers be creative in utilizing our social media sites you know whether that's through LinkedIn whether that's through Facebook. You know, where are job seekers going? I and mean, if you go to Facebook, there are uh, a numerous um, pages. Um, I, I love the term that someone came up with. It's a good-looking-out Columbus, um, where job seekers go uh, and employers go to connect on Facebook. Mm. Uh, we have a great uh, a group up in Dublin, uh, Connected. Um, uh, Chris Borges has done a wonderful job up there uh, in, in bringing in uh, that part of Columbus, and, and it's broadened throughout. Um, but there are so many uh, resources, too, outside of our, our nonprofit pillars, uh, our workforce pillars, those, these little nooks and crannies uh, mm-hmm. that employers step into to be able to connect with these job seekers. Right. Because that's where job seekers are going. Exactly. Right? You know, they're, they're, well, <laughs> especially I, in a virtual model. I'm going to give a shout out to two of the other um, nonprofits that have done a phenomenal job of completely pivoting their programs from in-house to it uh, to it to um, um, online virtual and that's New Directions Career Center yes. and the Westerville Area Resource Ministries Warm, warm Westerville that's right. both of those are doing a great job of working with people and getting them up to speed to be good job seekers yes. um, just as I tell clients they have to do their research and their homework to find the resources employers need to do that too yes. there are there are resources out there to help them there are and and. Franklin County is rich with these resources. Mm-hmm. Um, the um, our former mayor Michael Coleman was just did a great job to lay uh, uh, the connectivity for these workforce pillars to to work together, mm-hmm. um, and and it's just continued. the The torch has been passed uh, mm-hmm. in, into the current administration uh, to say, "Hey, look, Central Ohio, um, the resources are here. The resources are available. Um, take um, advantage to be able to grow economically." Uh, and as a community, and we're just, uh, I tell you, and, and we're seeing continued um, economic development, too, uh, coming into Central Ohio. This pandemic has not slowed down the team at one Columbus uh, as they continue to bring That's in. That's good news. It, it's great yeah. news, right, the, to, right, to know that. And, and I think historically, even, you know, as you had mentioned, Carol, back in 2008 with our recession, um, that Columbus still was a, in a bit of a vacuum Yes, we were affected. That is that is an absolute truth. But we weren't affected as severely right. as some of our other communities we've seen, you know, around the, the country. Um, I think of Florida and, and mm. Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, right. I mean, right. To, I mean, they're they're to the extreme. But um, because of the healthcare, the education, government, information technology, manufacturing and distribution um, here in our region, we're we are well set to um, work through our pandemic and work through any kind of challenges that affect us. That's a great message, John, you know, because so often everybody would say Columbus was recession proof and the 2008-9 recession threw everyone for a loop because it was a different group 
that was affected. But as you said, we got through that. We, we can get through this pandemic. But again, people need to do their research and figure out where those resources are. So this is this is phenomenal. And, and I love resiliency because it's a muscle. And, yes. and, and Columbus and, and all of us in our in community, hand in hand, we're working this muscle together. That's right. Mm-hmm. And I will say, too, that, you know, when I'm in those moments when I'm feeling, you know, a little overwhelmed and depressed um, about, you know, just things in general can be really, can really um, take us over. I will share with, uh, with all of you that as I've been meeting virtually with our members since March, I've been pulsing what their top issues are. And their top three issues are how do I hire and onboard virtually? How do I train and develop my incumbent workforce? And how do I connect to younger workers and interns? That's really good news because I look at that as companies are still growing. They're still investing in their workforce right. and recognizing the importance of, of building up this younger next generation of workers. So when I'm having you know a tough day at home and my corgi is biting my foot or something <laughs> and I'm in the middle of a Zoom meeting, um, I, I, re- I remind myself of that. We're, we're growing, we're investing in our people and we're reaching back to make sure that our younger workers are coming forward. That's a good segue because we wanted to ask about that. I I think we were to a point where employers were not doing a lot of training with their employees uh, because they saw the employees doing it on their own or they were kind of forced to do it. But now we're looking at all of a sudden when you had your employees working from home, you had to train them very quickly on maybe two or three, four pieces of software so they could work from mm-hmm. home efficiently in a very short amount of time. So are there resources to, to help out? Is there funding to help those those situations that employers are now saying, you know what, it's worth my time, but I haven't done this before. Right, right. <laughs> how, how, do, how do I do this? And, and to make it worth the business's time as well as its economics and it's efficient for their employees. Right. No, I know John and I can probably tag team a lot on this one. Um, you know, the state of Ohio, again, has training opportunities available through TechCred. If you check out the Governor's Office of Workforce Transformation site, there's a whole list of different um, certifications and credentials. Many of them can be um, uh, trained for and actually tested online. Uh, so, and it, it, it talks about technology related, but, you know, it, there's technology is through all the different That's industry right. sectors. So if you don't think that you qualify because I'm not a technology company, really look around at your operations and figure out what technological needs that you have. This is pretty much free training. I mean, it's it's out there for businesses to tap into. We also have incumbent worker training dollars that are administered through the Local Workforce Development Board of Central Ohio and other development boards throughout the state where um, businesses can, again, connect with their representative at their workforce development board. And there are dollars that you can you know, invest for different training and certifications to build your workforce. Now is a really great time. I think early on in this pandemic, you know, when we were kind of still all in shock, you know, p- businesses and people as individuals kind of closed ranks, right? It's like, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous. I don't want to step out. But I, I contend that this is a really great time as a business to evaluate your current training plan. Is it consistent with what I need now, how my business has changed or how I want to grow my business? And really look at this time, you know, t- to your point, Brett, you know, if I'm having my individual, you know, contributors working from home, how can I teach them? You know, I, I think about myself as, as an older worker, having learned, I'm kind of proud of myself. I tell my teenage daughter all the time, look, mom can do Zoom and go to meeting and webinar right. and all sorts of cool stuff <laughs> right. that I couldn't do seven months ago. But it's a good time to inventory and figure out your training needs and your training plan. And there are sources out there. That's right. And and as um, 
job seekers go through these nonprofit organizations, as they go into the Ohio Means Jobs Work System, um, or in, even through the workforce boards, they also have a, a, um, a program called on-the-job training, uh, a great alignment that um, if a job seeker has some of the skill sets, but maybe not all, what a great opportunity then that that employer can hire them and then have uh, subsidized paid training for a period of time. And that's all agreed upon between the employer and that workforce board that is uh, funding that opportunity. And and these resources are rich in Ohio. Right. I really appreciate when our governor came into office and one of his first pillars to work towards is um, uh, training our workforce. You know, we we want to be um, – Ohio wants to lead um, in advanced manufacturing, in right. information technology, mm-hmm. in healthcare. Um, he he. So he set aside these dollars and eventually that, that developed into tech cred. Um, but the continued push for that incumbent worker or the on-the-job training mechanism. So it's a – there are the resources out there, um, and again, kind of to your point, Carol, is, is that that employer and that job seeker have to do just a little bit of work uh, to investigate uh, where to be able to go towards that. Exactly. But we've got it here. Uh, um, Ohio Means Jobs, their workforce board, the state of Ohio. And these these programs sound difficult, complicated, but there are people to help the, the employer walk through it. But even if um, you have a, an employee that – needs to do some updated Excel skills. Um, The Columbus Metropolitan Library, which is phenomenal and top in the country, has a contract with lynda.com, L-Y-N-D-A.com. You go, you enter lynda.com through the library, through your library card, Mm -hmm. and everything is free. These courses could cost hundreds of dollars, and we have them free. And they're very easy. They're all online. Somebody can do it from home and update their skill in a particular area. They may not need a skill for a whole job. They just need to update a skill for the job they're doing right now. So just that little bit is going to help that employer. I agree. And I think that also, you know, there's something about, you know, with the background in education, like like I have, um, there's that lifelong learning piece, right? And I think Mm -hmm. when we're at a place where we feel like, you know, oh my gosh, I remember thinking back in March, I'll never learn all these new things that I need to learn in order to get me you know, to be able to work appropriately from home. Well, I have mastered them, some, you know, better than others. But to your point, Carol, I think when we utilize things like Linda through the library, if I do something and I I can master it, then there, that suddenly builds my confidence to go on to something else. So I don't want to um, downplay, you know, the psychological, you know, uh, components of that, where it's a, you know, especially if we're, you know, a lifelong learner and we're at a certain point in our career where we feel like, you know, I kind of getting passed by by others that know how to do this, just taking that time to invest in yourself and, and feeling that gratification of learning something new builds the block to go to learn another new thing. So exactly. it's really important. Exactly. And that actually takes us right into our next question. Um, no one thought we were going to be working from our kitchen tables. Even if we kept for years, I heard job seekers say, well, I really want to just work from home. And I'm thinking that's not going to happen. Well, it's happening. <laughs> but there are best practices in how to make this happen. And I'm just wondering if you've heard um, some good scenarios from employers and if somebody's collecting all of this good information to pass along to other employers. So a tidbit, um, about six years ago, um, I was working from home. I had a home office and I actually made a video with the Columbus Chamber uh, for the business that I was working with uh, on how to uh, 
design your your home office. Oh, cool! It was so fun, right? Oh um, and and it was just a, a great opportunity to share that you know if there's the option in your home is to have that designated space. You know, ha- have the self respect of and the self worth that hey, I'm going to I'm going to work today, uh, so dress the part. You know, arrive on time. Mm-hmm. Set some some hopefully probably flexible boundaries with other uh, home members. Uh, and pets, um, although uh, you, you mentioned your corgi. Uh, you know, I, I, uh, I've got a couple of dogs, a couple of cats, and, and one of them, I don't know what it is, but she, when she knows I'm on a Zoom, she's right there too. Uh, so peaches. She, peaches, exactly right. <laughs> she, she, and, uh, she, she has become Zoom notorious. Um, but it's providing yourself the opportunity to be productive. And also, you know, a, allow a, a schedule. Prior to COVID, I think that... Here in Central Ohio, we are so active and, par- and participate in our community that we were beginning to develop event fatigue because we were going to so many events. True. Right? For, for, for a cause, for work, for a purpose. Um, now that's translated over to Zoom fatigue or Teams fatigue, whatever that um, uh, d- delivery method is to be able to engage with your workforce, right? And we're getting fatigue on that. So, so learn to moderate that. Um, an hour on, 10, 15 minutes off, uh, get up, move, um, hydrate. You know, there, there are some, some principles and, and just, uh, and I'll share f- to, uh, have with your uh, listeners, a, a great article on uh, Forbes magazine on, um, some best practices Wonderful. for working from home. Good. And, and we'll, we'll post that in our notes. Right. And one of the things that, uh, I was, you know, I had some nice color in my office. Uh, if you have an option to, you know. Um, spruce up to be a little bit more engaging. Um, great. I mean, those are mm-hmm. ancillary, and uh, not everybody can do that. But it's providing, though, that space so you can be productive. And again, it's really thoughtful decisions. It's doing a little bit of research, making sure, taking a look around, really thinking about it, and thoughtfully making those decisions, like coming up with a schedule. I think that was mm-hmm. one of the biggest problems folks were having in the spring when it was all just like this popped out of thin air. And we had to work from home and deal with the kids and deal with their school and everything. And without a schedule, it was almost impossible. But good, good point. Yeah, there are a lot of um, companies that are kind of taking the lead on that as well and recognizing the importance of, you know, the the worker from home or the remote worker. And we have companies. um, We actually did some thought leadership pieces on working from home and best practices. And I'll also share that in addition to um, John's resources. Um, you know, checking in with your your workforce, you know, g- keeping, you know, as a manager or as a business leader, setting time to say, you know, every Monday or every day from 9 to 9.15, we're just going to do a wellness check. We have a couple of really um, innovative uh, chamber members who've done things like, um, you know, sending packages to the employee's home. You know, this is a smaller company, you know, just to say thinking of you and, you know, mm-hmm. to, because keeping translating corporate culture through a virtual space is a challenge, right? So I think for businesses and for for workers to go back and think about what is our culture like? How can I replicate it in my work at home? And as a business leader, how can I foster and make sure that that doesn't get lost as we're kind of in this very, you know, virtual slash blended space? Um, but it's 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 really important. And I appreciate, you know, what, what John shared, you know, working from home myself for all these months, you do have to have, I do have to have a very regular schedule. I have to treat it just like I was, you know, getting in my car and driving downtown and recognizing that that, you know, hour on 15 minutes up is a really good rule of thumb. 
Great. Yeah. Well, when we discuss employment issues, we also focus on older adults, and in particular, those 15 older who have likely been greatly affected this year. Um, you know, they're vulnerable to the disease and possibly concerned about their work situation, or they may have lost their employment. Let's address the issues older workers may be facing today. Start with Kelly. Sure. Um, and and you mentioned something. You know, it's it's just the reality of you know the the health issues that mm-hmm. a lot of us you know underlying health conditions and you know things that you know make it more of a challenge and, and more dangerous for for us to be in a in a physical workspace. I think doing research on safe workspaces. Um, recognizing what companies that are out there that have, and, and most most all do, have really great protocol in place right now. Um, but I think, you know, that's one, you know, one key factor is recognizing, you know, where I am safe and healthy. John also mentioned the gig economy and other things and being an entrepreneur. When I, I think those those of us who have accumulated years of experience in certain areas and we're, have sub, subject matter expertise, the ability to translate some of that as either a gig work or, you know, creating my own company, creating my own business. I think that's going to be something else that we see. I also think that, you know, just getting the coaching and the help that sometimes we need if we've been away from the workforce for a while or we haven't had to apply for a job recently, we don't have, you know, an updated resume, utilizing a lot of those sources that we've already talked about, whether it's Jewish Family, Ohio Means Jobs, wherever you're located, um, they will also have, you know, things that are specific to an older workforce, to a more seasoned workforce. But I think doing the research and finding out and really just having honest conversations with your family about you know, what are we comfortable with? Um, my husband is close to 70. He's retired. So even, you know, just as a personal story, even if today we said, I'm, you know, we all have to report back to the office, I probably wouldn't do that. And I, I work for a company that, you know, allows me that flexibility because of his health issues. I'm not just, you know, thinking about myself, but also other people in, in mm-hmm. our families. Um, but it does add that other layer, right, that we have to be, you know, mindful of. And, and, and I agree with what you're saying. And, and part of that um, access um, to the resources in a virtual environment is, is, is technology. And a, a, a very interesting white paper was published this summer that um, a social determinant to health is access to broadband. Mm-hmm. And if families uh, don't have access, then they can't get good information. They can't get their news. They can't get um, um, opportunities to apply for jobs. They can't make um, telehealth appointments. They can't order their groceries delivered. Um, so it's, uh, I think that's really key to understand that if you don't have the access to the Internet, um, a stable access to the Internet, um, that, that does affect um, how um, our community can, can move forward. I'm happy to share that uh, the Educational Service Center, in partnership with the Mid-Ohio um, Regional Planning Commission, MORPSI, our friends there, and a, a great nonprofit out of Minnesota, PC for Peoples, have come together uh, to share um, the Mid-Ohio Broadband Access Program, which I'll share the link for uh, for your listeners. Uh, people can go to pcforpeople.org forward slash Ohio and register to get um, technology, to get a computer at an v- extremely low cost and to um, get a hotspot uh, for a year through um, a community internet service provider. This was originally geared towards helping families that have kids in school that don't have access to the internet. They're having to drive to McDonald's mm-hmm. or they're having to go, go someplace, you know, may, may, maybe the, the neighboring public school 
uh, well, would would have a Wi-Fi signal, which is great in the in the warmer months. Oh, it's not a good option as we get into cooler months. Uh, so we came up with this funding opportunity. Um, so as listeners that might have uh, grandchildren or children at home that um, need better access to the internet, uh, here could be a good opportunity for you. And, and you know, I think that if there are nuggets of good coming out of the pandemic, the nugget of good is our awareness that this is an issue. I think everybody who has cable at home figured everybody had cable at home and had no clue that, and it's not just having just the access, the affordability, and that if you've got two or three kids doing schoolwork, it has to be fairly powerful. Right. It has to be accommodating. So, so yeah, that's one of our nuggets of knowledge that we have gained that it's not good initially, but it's creating some opportunities or, or we're creating opportunities to fix it. That's right. And, and, and we're fortunate, you know, uh, some of this funding is coming from our federal government through the CARES Act dollars. Right. Um, and, you know, we're, we're hopeful that um, uh, another um, round will be uh, approved that will then sustain this even into the 21-22 school year. Because mm-hmm. I, I don't know that, that we're going to go completely away um, right. from a virtual learning environment. Um, I see us probably sustaining some kind of a blended environment. But uh, as listeners, you know, we we are we know that uh, we have to be able to access and we have to be very uh, uh, attentive to our social distancing, so that mm-hmm. you know, either a if we have a cold or flu, we don't we don't share that, mm-hmm. uh, and we certainly don't want to get it from somebody else. Right. Well, we've kind of tapped around this issue a little bit, but let's come up with our little ticker list: two or three tips for our audience who are potentially job seekers on what they need to be aware of in their job search. What's different now with the pandemic in job searching, just like we got rid of objectives on resumes <laughs> during the recession. Are there little tiny bits of information that we can pass along? Um, you know, one of the things that uh, I, I learned this about a year and a half ago, it's just, so this is a great little nugget, I think, um, is employers on a regular basis, utilize applicant tracking systems. So um, (laughs) as a job seeker goes in to apply online, uh, and especially now in a virtual environment, that's kind of, that's modus operandi, um, that that application then is fed into um, artificial intelligence to search for keywords. So one pass around is take your resume, copy all of the text, and then you can freely go to, uh, you know, Google um, word cloud and then paste your resume into a word cloud, and you'll see what keywords are most highlighted. And then take that and then compare it to the job description. Are you articulating the keywords that the job description is looking for? And if you're not, then change the vocabulary. Right. And, and that's a free, easy fix to help um, uh, utilize the technology that's freely available to you but to be attuned to what the employer is really looking for when they receive that application. Sometimes it's not easy to read through a job description. Uh, you, you really, it may be three sentences long. <laughs> not, every word's a key word. <laughs> so, yeah. good, good point. And I would say have no fear. Right. Apply for a position that you have a passion towards and you have an interest towards. 
there may be ten items that they say are required on the on the the job description. I say if you have one or two and a passion and the work experience and the wherefore to want to do this job, apply. Mm-hmm. Don't let those bullet points uh, scare you off um, because I got to tell you, once the opportunity to earn the conversation, whether that's a pre-interview or an actual interview, you know, your passion, your experiences are going to come through uh, your voice and, and not be obscured by some bullet points on a job description. Right. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I work with businesses a lot in the talent and acquisition space, and we talk about job postings and job descriptions. And, you know, sometimes they're literally decades old or they're not really reflective of the work that's being done or and or they're a laundry list of what everyone wants. So to John's point, there might be 30 bullet points and you go, oh, my gosh, I can't do, you know, half of these. Again, let let the fear go and go ahead and apply for it. I'd also, you know, advise use, you know, resources like LinkedIn and find groups, find groups that that are affinity groups that you can connect with. Um, you know, good old fashioned networking has never gone away and it's probably never been more important than now because we are up against feeding things into an applicant tracking system and then it kind of goes into the ether and you're not really sure what happened. So John had some really critical um, tips there too, I think with you know, finding the keywords, you know, figure out the algorithm and, and apply that way. Um, and, and be bold. Don't be, don't be afraid. That's right. And we, we, we know historically by gender that, um, males will, will apply for anything. Anything. They have, they have no fear. Um, but we also know historically that females will want to be able to check all of those boxes. Right. Right. um, that, That they meet all of those requirements. And I say, no, have no fear. Go with your passion um, and move forward with this. Put that foot forward on that application, um, and and uh, wonderful things happen. Um, and I, I will echo that networking is so very important. Uh, we're losing that that touch and the eye contact, person to person kind of networking for the moment. Um, uh, so go to another great website is Meetup.com, mm-hmm. yep. uh, where you have you know like interests. Because I can tell you that in my experience in workforce development and helping job seekers is that that network is your village. In your village, we support one another in those villages, right? Right. Um, Absolutely. Where one person may find a job that may not be aligned to what their interests are, but to your interests. They're like, well, you ought to go apply for this. And so it's it's just stepping out of your comfort zone to um, have those conversations with people around you, with people you, you haven't met yet. Right. Um, right. And, and that's, you know, so, so there's great opportunity through that. And I'm happy to share that we have a, we have a, a good resource here in central Ohio. And, and we're going to, it's going to go virtual here at the end of the month. And that's the Community Workforce Action Team, uh, actually known as CWAT. And that has been a networking group in the last many years. Uh, it originated out of helping those with varied abilities, but it's a very inclusive group. And, uh, we bring employers to the table and we bring job seekers. And in the past, they've been across a table and been able to, to network, you know, um, or they've been side by side or we take the table away and everybody stands around and, and interacts. Uh, it's that engagement. Um, we had to pause on that because of COVID. But uh, this end of October, we're going to go to a virtual CWAT meeting. And I'm very excited to announce that. And um, I'll be publishing that. I can share the link. That job seekers, we have employers from you know around the region, and we have job seekers around the region. 
So that could be something, too. I I want to go back to the networking issue. We've talked a lot about people gathering information. And what many don't realize is that's what networking is. Networking is not begging somebody for a job. Networking, true networking within your little village is looking for information and resources. So that's huge. And and people need to really think um, logically through their networking and also understand that it's a two-way street. So they, they to, but it's been tough to keep a network going in the middle of the pandemic and you really have to do that. The other thing we didn't touch on is this notion of transferable skills. We kind of talked about it, but not really. And for our audience of 50 and over, this is huge. If you are not comfortable getting, um, really sitting down and looking at what you have done in the past and pinpointing those skills that would work in a new situation, which are transferable skills, get with one of these organizations to help you do that because that's critical when you're looking, particularly if you need to move from one industry to another. That's so. that's a really important um, point to Carol. Um, and I also, I tell people, this is just a personal thing. Um, you know, we all have friends that we coach and encourage because we're friends, right? And when we're coaching and encouraging our friend that might be looking to apply for a new job, we would say to that person, Carol, you know, I, I see all these things that you've done and I've worked with you and I know this about you. Um, you can do this and here's why. Become your own personal friend, your own personal coach. Mm-hmm. Look at your resume, look at your body of work and talk to yourself like you would to your friend that you that you were preparing to go apply for a job or preparing to go on to a new adventure. Um, because, you know, sometimes we, uh, we're our own worst critic, our own worst enemy. And, you know, back to John's point, especially with women, we might look at, uh, you know, a posting that has 20 bullet points and go, I can only do 17. I can't possibly do this job, right? So, you know, really become your own best advocate and your own best coach and really evaluate right. from a perspective of how would I talk to my friend if this was, you know, her or her or his situation. And, and doing that research, figuring out those transferable skills, coming up with what we've called success stories or yes. accomplishment statements well prepares you for a great interview and it helps build your self-confidence as a job seeker so that you're going in and looking at that employer and going, I'm the best candidate you're going to find. That's right. And the the many resources that have been shared already um, uh, that want to help job seekers, the people in those organizations, they have a vocation of helping exactly. someone achieve oh, what they yeah. want to do next, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's not it's not necessarily they go in to punch a clock. It's like they're there because that that's what they thrive on mm-hmm. is to helping people walk through a transition, um, help identify what transferable skills they have, help identify what that career path, the next career path could be. Um, I And I think in, in today's um, environment and as we go forward, you know, I think all of us will have different workforce chapters. Um, you know, maybe someone um, who's retired in accounting Fantastic. So, so you know numbers, you know organization, you, you know process, you know um, uh, systems. Wow, wouldn't that be great if you took that and, and maybe in a gig economy or entrepreneurial, you wanted to open up something else, right? To be, You have that, that transferable skill set right. to do that. Right. And, and these folks at these organizations want to help you identify that. Yeah. I uh, Just a real quick example of that. Um, I was talking with a, a women's group that we meet um, virtually now, and um, one is a, a private practice psychologist, and she lost the person who'd been taking care of her doing bookkeeping for like 25 years. And she didn't know what she was going to do. And her husband's a retired teacher, and her husband said, 
um, I have this friend who's a retired math teacher because of those transferable skills of, you know, the math and, you know, figuring out how to, you know, create ledgers and, you know, all of those good things. And that was a that was a solve. Now that retired math teacher is now working to take care of, you know, maintaining the bookkeeping for the psychologist office. So I would also be remiss if I didn't uh, give a shout out to uh, the career tech centers that we have around the state of Ohio, the um, the adult ed. Ohio Technical Centers through the Aspire program, which was known as the GED and ABLE mm-hmm. and all right. of that, people sometimes don't realize that, you know, you could have a high school uh, diploma, you could have college degrees, you can still go participate in these Aspire programs to brush up on things. So um, I would be the last person any- anyone would ask to do math related things because I've been away from it for so long, thank goodness. Um, but if I needed it to go into a new role, you know, find your local Ohio uh, Technical Center, your local adult ed space. You can enroll in those classes for free, and they will help you remotely um, learn whatever it is you need to learn to brush up and polish a skill that might be a little rusty right now. We are all true lifelong learners. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and I think we're seeing, too, an increase in uh, employers looking for uh, workers that have a credential or a certification and not necessarily a degree. And so we're seeing an information technology um, stackable credentials. So maybe you go in and you just get a baseline of cybersecurity mm-hmm. or you get a baseline of some programming. Um, and then you can build upon that of, you know, in a, in a four-week or six-week or 12-week uh, certification class. And so I think um, being lifelong learners is also uh, exploring how these passions and interests can um, then actualize into a credential, right. which could put you into a different industry. But I also think that even if you're not doing a s- actual certification or degree or that, that it, there has to be an end goal, and my 20 years in continuing ed taught me this, older adult learners need to have a specific amount of information. The trick is let an employer know you're willing to learn, you've gone, you've taken the initiative, you've finished it, somehow make sure that that information is available in your application that you are you truly believe that you want to increase your skills yes that's right so yeah well our main goal for the podcast one of the main goals is you know to provide resources make sure that our listeners are educated that they walk into a situation that they know a little bit more about what they're walking into so we talked about a ton of resources mm-hmm. And I, I thought maybe at this time, maybe just kind of encapsulate those resources a little bit, kind of divide it into that employer, employee, or the uh, the job seeker, and maybe go around the table and you know at least what resources would you give in an elevator when you say, hey, what are some top five places I could go to if an employer or if I'm an employee that you would just say right off the top that we've mentioned, I know, but I think it's a good spot to mm-hmm. kind of bring these all together. Sure. So from uh, from the chamber standpoint, again, speaking for the business side mm-hmm. of the house, if you are a, an, an employer trying to find good quality candidates, contact the chamber. As I said at the top, you know, our role is to identify the different providers, and we have a ton in this mm-hmm. space, educate our members, and then create opportunity for connection. Um and then we will help you um, understand who, if you're looking for someone in IT, you know, Goodwill, if you're or Periscolist, you know, the different the different providers. So I'd say from a business perspective, if you're in the Columbus area, reach out to the Columbus Chamber. If you're listening outside that area, reach out to your local chamber and your local economic development professionals. They'll be able to connect you and talk to your schools. Mm-hmm. And and actually to your to the schools portion of not just our career technical and our traditional schools. But also, if, if you've graduated with a degree and that university still has a pulse, 
They've got a career services center. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And go back as an alumni to say, hey, uh, I can bring some experiences from my last employer that I retired from or that has been you know, uh, transitioned because of COVID. Uh, I can bring some resources there as to networking. Now help me also find what my next chapter could be. Right. Uh, so I'd say the alumni relations uh, from, from that uh, is very helpful. I, I'm an Otterbine alum, and so I did a video on transferable skills for our our alumni in the middle of COVID. Um, I'm also an Ohio State University alum, and the Alumni Association at OSU has a career services office. You have to have a degree from OSU, but the services there are for free. So exactly, ask and ask and ask and ask your network, your village, and and that's all going to work. So um, again, to our listeners, all of this information is going to be in the show notes. I think Brett and I are going to be real busy getting all of these <laughs> websites mm-hmm. together. Um, but I'm going to ask our two guest speakers, word of wisdom, what would you suggest to our listeners? Oh, my goodness. Um, stay strong. Be resilient. You know, Think of the hardest times that you've had and, and build on that and know that you got through those difficult times and we will get through this difficult time together. Um, and rely on your village. Know your know your tribe. Know your village, and draw your strength there. I uh, uh, I read this in a in a piece in uh, Bloomberg. Um, a lot of solutions that are going to have the greatest impact are going to be locally led and community created. So my 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 suggestion is stay connected with your community centers, with your community leaders, with your nonprofit organizations. Um, if you are affiliated, stay connected with your religious organizations. Uh, stay connected. Yes. Um, d- during the recession, what we were seeing were older adults who had never been in the middle of a layoff before sitting at home, hiding behind yes. their monitor. Yes. And you cannot do that. Now, in the pandemic, you're certainly not out and about and going to networking events face to face, but you can still do those online. So thank you. Both. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, thank this has been you. great. Wonderful. Yeah. We hope um, maybe in a year or so you'll come back and join us and talk about all the good news <laughs> after the pandemic. <laughs> Absolutely. So thank you again for joining us today. Great. Thank, thank you. you.